name is Kevin Tony, and you're now listening to the Uncommon Sense Podcast. I was raised to believe that if you want to be a man, you have to see a man. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Sense Podcast. I want to talk about a video that I watched. Uh, A friend of mine sent me a video this week, and it was a panel of middle-aged young men, middle-aged and young men, who are on a panel to discuss what is a man. And they were talking about you know, what makes a man masculine, you know, toxic masculinity was was also thrown into the discussion. And it was a Vice video on YouTube, Vice, the news outlet. And they did a panel um, a couple of weeks ago where they invited a group of women to talk about feminism, you know, the, the state of where, you know, womanhood, the direction that is going in. And so this is the the contrast follow-up panel where they brought the men in to talk about what is a man. And I watched both panels. The female panel was interesting, to say the least, to kind of hear some of the ideas that modern women have about what it means to be a woman. It was very interesting. I didn't really hear a lot that I wasn't shocked to hear because the ideas that people have now they just they just are what they are i did have some hope going into watching the men talk about what it means to be a man and i was also disappointed in that as well first of all vice is a little bit deceptive because these panels record for about 4 to 5 hours So there's four to five hours worth of discussion footage and then Vice will condense that discussion down to 43 minutes and then make that discussion public. So you get less, you just get a fraction of what content was discussed during the panel. They kind of cut, splice, edit everything in post-production to kind of make the conversation go the way that they want. And it's, it's, it's obvious when you start watching it, you can tell that, that that's, that's what's, what's happening. And vice was, they did a diverse group. They had a diverse panel. Uh, I think it was three black guys, four black guys, a Mexican guy, two white guys and a Asian guy. And first of all, they had one person that was on the panel who identified as non-binary. So this person was genderless and they invited this guy to be on the panel where he quickly said that, well, I'm not a male. I'm neither male nor female. So my first question is, then why are you here? You don't even belong in the conversation. Or your input is invalid if you don't consider yourself to be a man. And this is the discussion that we're having. We're talking about what it means to be a man and you don't identify as one. So in my mind, this person was immediately a non-factor 
Uh, and it was interesting too. I will add this. If you go back and look at the panel, I watched it and just in case you don't want to, but this person who says that they were gender fluid, they didn't, you know, they were neither male nor female. It was very interesting to watch that they were dressed as a female. They wore their hair as a female. They were sitting in the same position that a female, a female would sit in, but yet they identified as neither male nor female. And that was also by design by vice as well, because they want that in the mix. And as I watched the panel and I listened to some of the discussion that they had in terms of, you know, dating, they talked about, you know, family issues, you know, what it means to be a man in your community. They asked the question, what is toxic masculinity? And they didn't have anybody on the panel that was basically like uh, there was no alpha male on the panel at all. So there was nobody that, you know, came from the school of Kevin Samuels or the school of Andrew Tate where, you know, men, you know, are the dominant force on the planet. And, you know, everything that happens on the planet is because man created it or, you know, it comes from the idea of a man, you know, that that type of idea. None of that was present on the panel, which was also by design. Because there is, there's a, a group, there's a people that really want to cast that type of masculinity into the toxic category, you know, the man first and, and, you know, just kind of take charge overconfident, you know, they really try to, to paint it as, as something in a negative light. And the whole time I was watching this panel I didn't really hear anybody on this panel say anything about their fathers no one guy did say you know he didn't have a dad growing up uh his father wasn't in the home and you know he found his leadership roles in the streets and I just kind of it got me to thinking that this these are the problems in our society that I really I really feel like all the issues and I've I've said this for years, all the issues that we have in our society, I think fatherlessness is at the root of them all. And not necessarily just fatherlessness, but, you know, a lack of a biblical worldview is is hand in hand with that, because the family structure was designed by God whether you like it or not. I mean, if you believe that or not, it's just, it's just a fact. The family structure is God's idea. And when you look at the way society is now, the level and the degree of problems that we see and the mental health issues, uh, the, the problems that people have, it's because their father has not played a significant role, a meaningful role in their lives. And so this is why we have what we have now. And I didn't hear, I didn't see anybody talk about, you know, well, I learned about being a man from my dad. You know, I saw my father do this. I saw, you know, I'm surrounded by, you know, my grandfather, he did this. My, 
You know, I had uncles that did this. I didn't hear any really anybody talk about that. And that may have come up in the conversation. That may have been something that was edited out again, likely by design by vice, because, you know, father fatherhood is is just not popular in, in, in this society. At least they're trying to attempt to make it make it so. But it was very disappointing to see these guys discuss what being a man was and their ideas were kind of all over the place. And so it started me thinking about, you know, well, what is a man to me? And I immediately started looking at the examples that I had around me growing up, firstly with my father. My dad was present. My dad was always around. He was accessible. He was loving. He engaged me and my three sisters. We watched him in the home. You know, we watched him interact with my mother, with with our mother. We saw them be affectionate towards each other. We saw I saw my father love on my mom in front of us. And I saw my mother love on my dad in front of us. And likewise, my grandfather, you know, both of my grandfathers, I saw them, you know, do the same, you know, have the same mannerisms carrying on with their wives, my grandmothers, you know, taking care of them and just being upstanding men in their community. Examples, they were hard workers. My dad was an entrepreneur. He was a hard worker. He ran his own business for several years while I was growing up and my dad took care of the home. He provided, he brought home the bacon and he had solutions for when, you know, me and my sisters had problems. You know, my dad was always there to support us. You know, when I played sports, my dad came to my games. He was always there, you know, uh, to teach me life lessons to kind of keep me on, a, you know, get me on a path to being successful. And he disciplined me when I did stuff wrong. You know, sometimes the discipline was harsh. Sometimes it was, you know, more mental, but it always got me together and got me on the right track. And I think a lot of the problems that we see now in society is because a lot of these guys that are walking around, they didn't have a father in the house to get them together. And it was evident watching this panel that, you know, there were father issues all over. And it was the same on the female panel. The ideas that they have is they haven't seen a real man. And so they have issues with men. They have, you know, problems, you know, with men. And when you look at where these ideas come from, you have to really kind of look at the makeup of our society and in terms of, you know, what what, you know, society, the role society has played on the family, the family structure as we know it today and as we've seen it evolve over the last 50 or so years. With the onset, you know, of government assistance, that's a whole nother conversation, how the government got involved and kind of helped manipulate the family structure, especially in urban areas. And, you know, the prison system, you know, the criminal justice system, all of that stuff has played a part in the breakdown of the family structure. Even 
how from a from a religious spiritual perspective, how the church has dropped the ball in terms of fostering healthy family connections. And that's that's a whole nother topic in itself, because I think the church is to blame for a lot of the issues regarding fatherlessness, you know, in 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 our in our communities. The one place where the family structure should be the strongest and it's not. There are a lot of concessions made for things that happen in terms of the family breakdown in church that they just they should they simply shouldn't happen. And as I kind of think about, you know, how my dad and my grandfathers, how they shaped the idea that I have for manhood and being a father and being a man, you know, growing up is I also I always wanted to be a stand up, honest guy, somebody that was reliable, somebody that had a level of wisdom, you know, understanding what to do and when to do it, knowing how to communicate and talk with people and be able to flesh out my ideas, you know, not being intimidated around other men, being the type of man that other men can just rely on. And I was intentional. I've been intentional in trying to make that a reality every day because I want my son to see that. You know, raising a son, I want my daughter to see that. I want my daughter to know what type of father she has so that she has an example or a blueprint for what type of man she should look for when she starts dating. Likewise, my son has a blueprint, so he knows what type of man to be when he goes out in the world and starts interacting, not just with other men, but women, you know, knowing, you know, the ins and outs of communicating with other men, interacting, you know, knowing when to, you know, do what you need to do, when to pull back and just having wisdom and wherewithal. And I think that's the job of every father is to prepare your children for the next step, prepare them for life, prepare them to interact with society and be a, uh, a contributing citizen to their community. And when your father's not at home or when your father has his own issues and he's an absentee dad, it shows. And I don't care what anybody says. I can point to all kind of statistics. I can point to all kind of conversations that I've had with people. But being a father at home matters. And when your father is not in the home, you start out operating in life at a deficit. Now, can that deficit be overcome? Absolutely. I know men that have done it. Their dad was not in the home and they excel because they said, I don't want that for my kid. I want to be present. I want to be in the home. I want my kid to understand that it's my job to take care of them. I didn't see my father, you know, take care of my mom like that. But what I didn't see is what I don't want to repeat in my own marriage or my own relationship. And so I want to be present. I want to make the effort to make it work. So the deficit can be overcome. But a lot of times people just repeat the cycle. Men repeat the cycle. Women don't have a benchmark to gauge what interactions with men should be. And so they 
you know, they don't know what the cycle should be. And so they kind of just go rogue and try to find their own way. And they find other women that, you know, have had the shared experience that they have. And they kind of click together and start supporting each other. And it becomes problematic because it bleeds over into society. It bleeds over into society and we kind of have all of these different issues, man. I see where some things really started to change, where this dumbing down of masculinity really started to show up was, in my opinion, it was the onset of the participation trophy. And when participation trophies came on the scene, it gave men a pass to not strive to be the best. And that is a benchmark for what a man is somebody who wants to excel among his peers or at least be equal to their peers where competitiveness is concerned. And when you give somebody a participation trophy, you're basically telling them that they don't have to strive. They don't have to make the effort because in the end they'll be rewarded anyway. And I think that that was the onset of a lot of problems that we see in this society because it gave guys a license to say, Oh, I don't, I don't have to, I really don't have to win and I'll still be rewarded. Okay. I don't have to make all the effort. I don't have to put the work in. I don't have to go the extra mile and I'll still be rewarded. That's, that's a big problem. That's a big problem because real men always want to make, maximum effort they want to put a total effort in they have discipline they're reliable these are men that you can depend on people that you can depend on and i think the measure of manhood has been under so much scrutiny so these issues i i just i don't understand i guess i do understand it because I'm looking at it from the perspective of I didn't grow up in an environment where I didn't have access to my dad at all times. My father was home. My grandfather was accessible. Both my grandfathers were accessible. I had access to them. I had uncles who were always around who were, you know, and then I had men in church that I looked up to men in church that were, you know, always kind of watching they were always kind of given guidance and given instruction on, you know, being a good example, not just a godly example, but a manly example. They took care of their families, their, their children were taken care of, their homes were in order, as, you know, as far as I knew. And the guys that I grew up with, you know, whether in high school, in college, in church, whose fathers weren't in the home, there was a marked difference and it was evident, you know, and they they kind of felt they kind of felt the the void as well. And, you know, they tried to find ways to fill it. And that's what happens when there's a void in your life. You find you you find ways to fill it. And it just it, it what you fill it with matters. And so um, I, I think this panel was very it was it was disappointing I, I will say that it was very disappointing because it just all it did was kind of foster 
the current trend against, you know, the dumbing down of what being a man is about. And, you know, let's just try to be equal with women, you know, and, 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 and not be so out front or so, you know, it just, it really, it really just changes. It really has, has changed a lot. And I don't know how we get, I don't know how we get back to that. I think eventually we will because at certain point, at certain points, this stuff, you know, like I said, I mentioned before, maybe this is the cycle we're in and it goes in cycles and, you know, this cycle will come to an end and we'll start to realize that, well, maybe, you know, we had it wrong. Maybe the generation that is coming will say, you know, we had it wrong. But regardless, I'm going to make sure that my son, my daughter, they understand what the family structure is supposed to look like, the responsibilities and requirements of what being a good man, a good human, a godly man, a godly woman. They're going to understand what that looks like because they've got the example of their mom and dad to look at and say, I didn't grow up like that. That wasn't my testimony. And so, you know, when you think about what it means to be a man, you look around at these, you know, these young ladies, these, you know, where it's popular, the modern woman as you know, Kevin Samuel so eloquently coined the phrase, the modern woman and all of her issues because her, their fathers weren't around. And so their mothers raised them with masculine energy. And so then you get role models like Lori Harvey or Kim Kardashian or whoever, you know, these women that are famous just for having a new boyfriend every six months or having a sex tape out or, you know, just they don't they don't have any wherewithal when it comes to their self-respect and their dignity. And it shows. And I think that having a not having a father or not having a good fatherly influence. Now, people will say that Lori Harvey has Steve Harvey, her father, Steve Harvey. Everybody knows who he is. But the way that she carries on as a quote-unquote socialite in, you know, society and what she does in celebrity culture and those circles that she runs in, it, it doesn't look like she really listened to anything Steve Harvey had to tell her if he said anything at all. I mean, we don't, we'll never know what the internal relationship was like between them. You know, we're all on the outside looking in, but from the outside looking in, it looks like she doesn't value relationships because she's in a new one every few months. And women are starting to mimic that and think that that's the standard and it's not. And I believe that most women that have like all of these modern women that, you know, are crying about, you know, they don't need a man and they don't, you know, they're independent and, you know, I'll be married when I'm finished doing what I need to do for myself. And it's just an afterthought. These are men. These are women that have not run into a real man. It's just as simple as that. They haven't they haven't seen an example Uh, You have some women that are just rebellious. They had a dad in the home who took care of things and provided for them. And they still go out and find something that's the exact opposite. You know how insulting it is for me to get up and be a hard worker every day to provide for my family and for my daughter to wake up 
or to, to grow up and start dating some loser dude who doesn't do anything, who, who ain't worth nothing, who's not reliable. He's not accountable to anybody. You know, that's an insult to me. And it shows that I failed as a father. If my daughter can walk out of here when she comes of age and hook up with some guy that's the total opposite of the example that her father set for her in the household. A lot of that is happening. And that's, that's, it's a shame, you know? So I heard that phrase when I was a kid, you can't be a man until you see a man. And I'm thankful that I saw men growing up. I saw my, you know, my dad, I'm still seeing my dad if those of you who didn't listen to the uh, if you're new here, if you're a new listener, go back and listen to the Keith Tony episode from last uh, last summer, the Father's Day series. When I interviewed my father, you know, you can kind of get a glimpse into what our relationship was like, you know, as a man, you know, father, son, now man to man, you know, the 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 way our relationship has evolved over the years and it was the same with my grandfathers before they passed away I had the same relationship with uncles and I surround myself with men who are like-minded but one of the things that we all have in common is a biblical worldview we understand the godly structure of family we have a respect for it we have a desire for it and we want to be pleasing and to meet meet the standard that God has set for what it means to be a family man. And so I think this will be a topic that will be ongoing because it is a conversation that's ongoing. Everybody is talking about this. Just this. What is a man? What is a woman? Matt Walsh did an entire documentary last year. It came out uh, last summer. It was called What is a Woman? And it was one of the most profound documentaries I've ever seen where he went around and he just asked people, what is a woman? And it was just amazing to watch people go out of their way to not answer the question because they want to make provision for all of these people, you know, the trans community, these men who decide that they want to be women, women who decide they want to be men. And up is down down is up four plus four is 12 it's just where we are now and and it's 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 ridiculous so if you get a chance if you care to watch the the panel you can find it on youtube uh the vice panel on what is a man if you watch it share your thoughts let me know what you thought about it you know send me a message let me know what do you think a man is to you and hopefully we can kind of get the conversation going in the right direction where we can make some changes and we can make some progress in terms of, you know, making men great again, because they're getting they're getting a hard way, right? Hard way to go right now. So with that being said, I appreciate you for tuning in one more time. Thank you for listening. If you have a question or you want to send me your feedback, you can email me at Uncommon Sense with KT at gmail.com and until next time remember no matter where you go and no matter what you do common sense is uncommon peace Mm -hmm.